0: Hey okay, everybody, this is Emar 2 Welcome to another edition of the Technical State of Georgia Athletics. We're going to preview the upcoming championship week in the college football scene. We're also going to discuss some of the major hirings, sort of firings, in college football as well. Some major activities have taken place since our last edition. As always, to follow everything that we do. Go to the mothership, the sportsinquirer.net primary site for news and notes in the world of sports. You can also go to our social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Sports Inquirer. That's all one word. And then finally, head over to our audio and video host such as YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You got to go to either one of those locations, do a search for us, subscribe, and you'll be able to keep track of all that we have going on. Before we get to the championship game, some quick hitters on some major head coaching news in college football. I like the Lincoln-Riley move to USC. He's the right age. He has the right style of play. And he's in a really good environment at USC. And some would say it's a lateral move. Some would say it's a step down. But I think if you look at the premier programs in the country, and Oklahoma's one of them, and you got to give credit to Bob Stoops, uh, Riley's predecessor, and for Riley for keeping that up. But USC is a premier top five program in the country. You look at the the history of the program, you look at the resources, the recruiting base, they are all right there for them to be a perennial top 10 college football team. We see Georgia and Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, They've made that step to become Ohio State. I think I said Ohio State, but teams that have been consistently in the top 10 for the past five, six, seven years. USC should be right there with them. And I think going to USC with his type of offense, he's the right coach for that position. You've already seen five star commits that were committed to Oklahoma already committing to USC and flipping to USC. And most importantly, they were all from California. We've seen DJ, uh, at all the quarterbacks from Stroud at Ohio State to Bryce Young at Alabama, a corral at Ole Miss, a DJ from Clemson, all of these potential first-round NFL picks and potential Heisman candidates and winners all from the Southern California area, none of them committing to USC. That's a bad situation. So USC is already in that mode of win now. And I think this is also a tenor as well. You look at Brian Kelly at LSU. There were years ago, if you wanted to get paid as a coach, you really had to be at the professional ranks in all levels, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, all of those sports, if you wanted to get paid big time, you had to go to the professional ranks. And that's why we saw so many guys from Lou Holtz back in the day with the New York Jets to Rick Pitino with the Boston Celtics and all the way down the line, you saw all of these college guys take the big paydays. Butch Jones, not Butch Jones, uh, Butch Davis at Miami uh, when he left from Miami to go to Cleveland back in the early 2000s. All of those guys, obviously, they want to compete at the highest level, and that's professional ranks, sure. Uh, But a lot of those guys got big monster money contracts. Now you don't have to go through that route. You can stay in college athletics and talking football right now. Look at the contract deals. Lincoln Riley, 10 years, 90 plus million, probably 100 million with all the incentives. Things kick in. Same thing with LSU and Brian Kelly, 10 year deal going to be in the probably $10 million range at least. Kirby Smart hasn't signed his extension yet. You know, Nick Saban's probably going to get another uh, kickback money. And Dabble Sweeney, He's all three of those guys, well, Saban and Dabble have won national championships in the past three, four years. And you go from Lincoln Riley, who never even played in a uh, championship game, and you have Brian Kelly, who doesn't even have a win in this current format of the playoffs. And those guys are getting G'd up for 10 years and 90-plus million dollars. Dabo and Saban, Kirby Smart, best team in the country right now, they're probably poised to make a run to a national title. All those guys haven't been G'd up yet, and it's coming. Uh, you know, It's just incredible to see the, the factors of these guys can stay at the collegiate level and get this large amount of money. And furthermore, in college, you have so much control over your program, you really can put your finger or put your have a g- full grasp of what's going on. You're dealing with 18 to 21-year-olds, and recruiting is a bear for sure for a lot of these guys. It's something that if you – we saw Dan Mullen at Florida talking about recruiting is not important. I'm waiting to the end of the season. That's the wrong approach. Recruiting is a 24-7, 365-day, 12-month commitment. It's a grind, but if you're willing to put that in, like the Sabans and Kirby – who you talk to them, recruiting is just as important, maybe even more important than the X's and O's in the coaching aspect of the game, at least at that, they're at that level. And Lincoln Riley will say the same thing. You've seen the success. Brian Kelly, recruiting struggles at Notre Dame, goes to LSU and goes to that high pool of talent with a school with lower academic requirements. Like I'm not saying LSU is a bad school, but compared to Notre Dame, that's the reality of it. So you go from coaching at Notre Dame Having to deal with a national recruiting base, not too many four and five stars coming out of the state of Indiana. You got to bring them all to Notre Dame. Cold weather. You're not in the conference. Uh, I mean, there's some benefits. It's still, Notre Dame is still a solid brand, but now you move to LSU. Now the trade-off is you got to deal with Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. Auburn has its good years. Uh, you know, Tennessee. Darrell eventually will get it figured out. Florida, I mean, the SEC is tough, and now Oklahoma and Texas are poised to join that conference as well. That's tough sledding uh, for LSU, but LSU has, if you just recruit Alabama, Louisiana, and Texas, you can win a national championship. We st- Just two years ago, we saw LSU win a national championship, so it's not like it's an uh, impossibility. We've seen USC. Now, granted, USC was a few it was longer than you would think back to the Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush days. But still, we've seen it within the past you know 10, 15, you know, 20 years. It's happened. So both those programs are very well. Brian Kelly, I will say, for him at LSU, it's a little bit of an odd deal. Maybe because we're so we see uh, saw Saban. The same people say Saban didn't come from LSU, but he's West he's West Virginian. He's got that country vibe. Les Mouse is kind of an anomaly. He's a kind of an odd guy He's from the state of Michigan of all places. Uh, but you look at Brian Kelly, grew up in the Boston area, Notre Dame, Irish Catholic. We get all those connections. But he was successful at at uh Cincinnati, successful at uh, Central Michigan. He's had some very successful tenures at a lot of locations. You know, so right now you look at him going to LSU, a culture. I don't want to say culture clash, but it's a, it's a little bit different. But I think he can do a solid job there. I think Riley will be more successful compared to Kelly. Just looking at the landscape, because as I mentioned, all those SEC schools that Kelly's going to have to deal with. I look at the deal with uh, USC. Now, interesting, they play Notre Dame every year, so their biggest every year for the next few years, their toughest contest. I'm talking as far as their common, you know, opponents that can be on the schedule every year, are Oregon, which is a good program, but USC can be just as good as Oregon, maybe even better. Oregon is plucking all the Southern Calif, all the West Coast recruits. USC can do the same exact thing, and then Notre Dame, which, and I like them promoting Freeman to the full-time head coach, defensive coordinator, another young guy, been familiar with the program. Uh, Tommy Reese is staying on as an offensive coordinator. So I think Notre Dame will be okay you know, for the time being. I think that's a solid move. He went there. He knows the program, very familiar with it. And that's something, with Notre Dame, it's a different bird. You have to know what to what it means to be a Notre Dame head coach and deal with that. So I think that's a solid move. But I think USC just has less hurdles in front of him and a better recruiting base than Brian Kelly will have at LSU. Now, I'm not saying LSU is a bad job because, as I've said, We've seen three different guys within the past 20 years win national championships there. Nick Saban, Les Miles, and Ed Ogeron. So it can be done. You know, So it's not impossible for it to take place, but it's just a lot you have to go through to get to uh, that level. Just some other hit, some news and notes from college football head coaches. Billy Napier, new head coach at Florida. We've covered Louisiana Lafayette the past few years with our Sunbelt coverage with Georgia State. Louisiana is a solid program he built there, uh, got him to 10-win seasons for the first time in their history, and, or first time in a long time. I think that's a solid move, him going to Florida. I really thought that Napier should have been in the running for the LSU job. Now, I heard that it was, they, they didn't even approach Napier. Maybe they thought it would be subservient to, or LSU would be, they thought they were too good to go to the Louisiana Lafayette head coach for their new position. But Napier, extensive experience, assistant under Nick Saban, successful. If you can recruit and do well at Lafayette, you're going to do very good at LSU. You're ready. You're in that area. Uh, so if, I'm, I think that's a good head coaching position at Florida for him. The biggest thing in Florida, you just have to get the talent in there and recruit. Mullen had his quirks, a lot of them. But one of his, his biggest issue was not bringing in the talent. As I've said before, and I'll say it again, If you have a, there's no reason for you to have a sorry program if you're based in the state of California, Texas, Florida, Georgia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, you get the idea of what I'm saying. You should never, and if you're the flagship programs, if you're a Florida, a Florida state or Miami, you should never have a losing season. I'm sorry. There's just no excuse for that. Same thing with Georgia and Georgia Tech with those programs in this state. We're based in Atlanta, Georgia. We see the radius of talent that's around in this area. That should not happen. USC should not be having six-win seasons ever. A bad season should be seven to eight wins, honestly. That's just the reality of where they are in the the Pac-12 and their landscape in college football. So Florida getting Napier, that's a very good move. They, you just have to recruit the talent in that state and in your border states, whether it's South Carolina, Alabama, Georgia, I guess some of the southern the South of Georgia talent where you're closer really to Gainesville than you are to Athens in some ways. Uh, you know, so you have to really look at it in that way. I think that's a solid, you know, move for them. All right, let's get to the championship games that are taking place. We got about eight minutes left in the show, so we'll do a rapid fire style uh real quick. Start off with of Western Kentucky facing UTSA San Antonio uh in the uh their, the CUSA championship game. I'm going to take UTSA, the Roadrunners. The games at the Alamo Dome, they'll win that contest, I think. I'm going to say pretty easily, but I think that the – and it's very interesting, outside of a late loss, the Roadrunners could be undefeated coming into this game, but they have one loss, so we'll see what happens there. I think Utah's going to be very tough for Oregon. You know what, Utah, you're going to get physicality on both lines of scrimmage. Uh, it might be Kyle Winningham's – I don't know if it would be his final game because it probably have the bowl game, but they're – There's speculation this could be a retirement uh, game for him, so they're going to be motivated for that. But I think Oregon finds a way to win this contest and uh, gets the Pac-12 championship. Baylor and Oklahoma State, wide open affair. I can see either team winning. This potential letdown with Oklahoma State, big win over Oklahoma last week, have to come down from that, go to Texas, go to Jerry World uh, at AT AT&T Stadium and face Baylor. And Baylor's a very tough team as well. 10 and 2 record. I think Oklahoma State does pull it out because I think defensively they could do enough to limit Baylor. Uh, but it's very interesting to see what happens there with that. Kent State faces Northern Illinois. I'm not too familiar with these two teams. I mean, I know it's the MAC championship game. Uh, I'll take Kent State, I'll take the Golden Flashes to win that contest. Utah State faces San Diego State. Aztecs, 11-1 on the season, that Mountain West Championship game. I'm going with the Aztecs. They've been the best team in that conference the entire year, and uh, we'll go from there. This is a fun game. Unfortunately, it happens at the same time as Alabama and Georgia, but and as I said, I covered Sunbelt Conference, and we do a lot with Georgia State. Appalachia State makes the trip to Lafayette, Louisiana, for the, the, the Sunbelt Championship game against the Raging Cajuns. I think that the Cajuns win this contest, they their home, to so, I think with, uh, with Lewis, their quarterback, they're going to put up a good amount of points in this contest. Now, App State's a tricky team as well, uh, very good on uh, both sides of the ball, but I think Louisiana pulls out the victory. Cincinnati faces uh, Houston in, the, in their championship game. You got to figure Cincinnati keeps it rolling. And I think Luke Fickle, it's interesting because he didn't go to he didn't go to Notre Dame. That was a big rumor that that'd be a potential case. I think they they want to solidify their spot in the playoff. If they win this game, they're going to be in the playoffs. So I think that Cincinnati finds a way to win this. Uh, Pittsburgh faces Wake Forest in the ACC championship game. This is a fun contest as well. Yes, it's it's probably the – There's no Florida State in it. There's no Clemson. It's been the Clemson Invitational the past few years in the ACC championship game. No Miami. Uh, you know, no one of those marquee programs that you think of, but both these teams have had very good seasons, both 10-2 and two on the year. I'm going to take Pittsburgh to win this contest. Better quarterback and uh, a yeah, picket. And I think overall you'll see the, the Panthers come out with the victory. Michigan faces Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. Similar to Oklahoma State, you worry about a little bit of a letdown from Michigan. They're number two in the nation right now. Big win over Ohio State. First time that they defeated Ohio State in six game six contest. First win for Jim Harbaugh as a Michigan head coach against Ohio State. Huge victory there. They're at home. You saw them storm the field. Now they gotta take a deep breath and travel down the Indy for a championship game against a very solid Iowa team that's 10-2 on the season. I still think Michigan wins this contest. It's not going to be pretty. I think they're not going to look as good as they may have did against Ohio State because all that the letdown factor in Iowa tends to make you play ugly games. But you look at Michigan, strong on the defensive line. I think they'll be able to control the line of scrimmage and get grind out a you know thirty to twenty seven type win, maybe even lower scoring than that. And there'll be questions of, hey, are they as they looked didn't look good and all this other stuff, but I think they find a way to pull that out. And then finally, the game of the day: Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship game here in Atlanta, Georgia. I think that if you did a blind resume and looked at these two teams, it wasn't Alabama and it wasn't Georgia. And you look at the if it was just two teams on paper, you would say Georgia's the favorite by double digits. But that's not how sports work. We know what's going. We know what Alabama brings to the table. We know what Georgia does as well. I think Georgia. I think the advantage Alabama has. They have the better quarterback. I think Bryce Young is better than Stetson Bennett, and I think Stetson Bennett has done a very solid job this year. We hear from Georgia fans all the time and not too happy with the quarterback play, but I think he's been very solid for them. But I think Bryce Young is the better quarterback. I'll give you that. But I think if you look at the line to scrimmage, Georgia has a decided advantage on offense and defensive line. I think the running backs are and, – and, and not saying Alabama are scrubs. I mean, they have guys like Anderson and others who are tremendous special talents. But I think if you look at Alabama's defense, is not the strongest defense that they've had compared to previous years. I mean, I know the standard's very high. It's still a very good defense, but not to the standards that we've seen in the past. I think Georgia grinds out a victory. They, It's very competitive, very close throughout. But I think in the fourth quarter, Georgia has a seven-point lead, able to run the ball, uh, play keep away from Bryce Young, and emerge with a 10-point victory uh, to win the SEC championship. And that's our preview of the upcoming games on champ, Conference Championship Week and some coaching thoughts. Thanks for listening to our show. As always, go to thesportsinquire.net. Premier site for news and notes in the world of sports. You can also go to our social media platforms, on YouTube, SoundCloud. And, no, at, well, go to our social media platform, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, what's the other one? Yeah, just go to those. Go to our social media platforms. You know what they are. And then finally, our audio and video host. This is where we go to YouTube and SoundCloud. Yes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Uh, go to all those places. Just do a search for us, and you'll be able to keep track of all Uh, That we have going on, and yes, we're starting to get some subscribers and some people that are following us and liking our stuff and commenting. Appreciate that as always. So you are actually listening to these parts, the beginning and the end, as far as how to follow everything that we do. That's greatly appreciated. Much uh, love to you, and I think we'll do a show probably on. uh, This, by the way, doing this on December third, which is Friday. Probably do a show on December 5th or 6th after all of the championship games. And we actually know where some of these bowls matchups are going to be. So keep track of that on our site and all of our platforms until next time. Good fight. Good night and be safe.